0: Fire!
1: Bridging the Gap, episode twenty-three, part two. <laughs> Yo, live from Dubai, UAE. First of his kind. I'm here with my OG. My my coach from high school. Mentor, family, now business partner
0: here in UAE. None in of Dubai. that. None of that. <laughs> As this moment, none of that, man. Like, man. Ju, Ju- Park is here today.
1: Um, you know. If you guys are here for return visitors, our return listeners, our family, you guys know that we have a basketball brand called Hoop Mountain Dubai. Um, you guys can follow us at Who Mountain DXB, who for all your basketball needs, basketball wants, everything and anything. We do training, all that good stuff. We're here building a basketball culture. Um OG is here. I gotta you guys can see. You know he's a little uh, uh frustrated. You know I gotta. We we've been in the studio for a little while now, talking and, and going through some stuff. No,
0: it wasn't a little while, man. <laughs> it was it was like an hour and fifteen minutes. It was forty five. How are we almost done with the episode and you don't push record?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Man. It's been man. A, you know what time? It's been a rough night. It's been a rough week, man. It's been a rough week. But you know, thankfully we had studio time to bounce back and get through it get through it we didn't get through any of the topics though that first 45 minutes is really us just talking talking about a bunch of basketball stuff that you know wasn't set on a docket too much but we're here now we we're here now we got some time you know i'll let you lead it off a little bit you got get something off your chest man i know you got to what you say
0: man let's get to it man I, i'm Y'all gonna catch me, y'all gonna see me walking out this joint. Come on, man. <laughs> Alright, first, quick basketball breakdown.
1: Um, really, the only thing that matters is the the playoff, the NBA playoff thing, and then Russ being supposedly the best basketball, best top three-point guards ever and better than Allen Iverson uh, per Kendrick Perkins and Scott Brooks, so to speak. First let me say going in as a laker fan i'm worried i'm worried about what ad is going to bring for us so that we can repeat i know what lebron got already but i'm not sure if ad got all the tools we need to make it happen um it's it's looking a little iffy right now we'll see and and right now we're looking like we may play in that play-in game and i'm not sure just yet if we if we cut out for it and i'm watching ad AD alone to see what happens because I know what Braun is gonna do.
0: That's that's what, what we're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying you said you mentioned like two or three more other things. We're gonna get no, to those next. And we're gonna get to Bron Braun and A D, the Lakers. Let's let's have some structure, man. Let's don't be <laughs> floating all over the place. I know oh, man, <laughs> the Lakers. You're worried about A D now. Yes. Last year when I was talking about Man, he's got to play better. He's, you know, I know he's got a double double and everything, but he's got to play better. There's, that game was too close because he wasn't the best player on the floor. He's the matchup nightmare for them. You were like, oh, he's good, he's good, he's having a great game. Now you're worried about him. Yeah, because it's different now,
1: right? He got out of that, that losing mentality, that losing franchise. He's won. He's got to sit with LeBron, a proven champion, and go through the process to see what it takes. So now he not only knows better, he's seen better and he's done better. So now it's that point to where he has to elevate his game, right? He chose to go to LA. Mm-hmm. He fought through everything to get traded there, knowing that that's the home of Will, Mike, and Kareem. That's Shaq, four of the greatest big men ever. So if you go there as a big, you follow behind in their footsteps. So now you gotta prove. You gotta show and prove. It's only one way it works in LA. So now it's like, all right, it's no more on LeBron because LeBron's career is set in stone. He's done his thing, all right? So AD, what are you gonna do for us lately? Now I'm saying he doesn't have any excuse at okay. all, none at all, because you wiped okay. off that. That the pelican stain that you had, right? The stench was still on you, as Pusha T said. <laughs> but now it's out of there. So I'm looking to see what he does. Um, you know, LeBron doesn't like the playoff format, but I know, like you said, the it, it makes it holds everybody
0: accountable in the league. Yeah, no more, no more, just letting young players sit out. You know, for minor nicks and bruises and things like that and and resting their legs you know i know it's 82 games whatever but the the technology they have nowadays the comfort that they have in terms of how they travel they don't have many back to back games anymore i mean you're you're under the age of 30 and you didn't come straight out of high school you don't, you don't need to be sitting out right right but you know
1: i think that's going to also control all the tanking too. for sure the teams losing games on purpose um and trying to get a lottery pick but it also keeps everybody in uh entertained because that first game now you know Steph and the Warriors they weren't looking too good all year now that bottom seven eight nine ten see it's going to be worth watching whatever it is that happens right like potentially, you could see Steph and the Lakers playing first round in one of those playing games or something like that. So you got Bron and Steph in a play-up playing game, one game for everything. That's must see TV right there, right? man. You know that's the NBA
0: making their their um their product more valuable. Yeah. Right. Because if Steph gets hot with the the month of April that he had recently, yeah, it could yeah. be over one game situation. Yeah, Steph's different. Steph's different,
1: and Steph is something. Um, we've talked about in previous episodes, we've said that it was going to be interesting to see how he does this year without all that extra help. Um, I have some people who are still wanting to hear our full take on that. (laughs) Um, and I said, we'll give that full take after the first round, after the playoffs. So we can really delve into it because, you know, there's a lot of variables, Steph, because he's changing the game with his shooting. There are a lot of things that people overlook. On purpose right. that a lot of other people don't get that privilege. Up. So you know somebody got to point it out. <laughs> somebody got to point it out. You know Steve Kerr as well. You know I know you as a coach. You want to see what Steve Kerr can really do because you you you've seen if you if you got KD and 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 Clay
0: and Steph and Draymond and Livingston, the best bench in basketball at yeah, that time. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, (laughs) well, we saw with Luke Walton and Luke Walton turned it into a $25 million contract.
1: Right, right. Right. Speaking and Luke's still coaching.
0: Yeah.
1: He's still coaching because of what he did with that little bit of stuff, right? So now, as you
0: said, let me see what you do when your dogs are gone. Right. But make no mistake, even though they are fighting for a play-in spot, they have enough talent on that team with Steph and Clay. To be in the playoffs, yeah. I mean, it's no excuse now. You got a you got a coach that won six or seven championships as a player, being around some two Hall of Fame coaches actually, and being around numerous goats because Steve Curtis played with the best. You know, we're talking about Spurs, Bulls, everybody, and then talking about unanimous MVP, back to back MVPs, right? Yeah, Steph, um, the greatest shooter of all time. People say. Um, and then well, yeah. Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year, candidate every year, uh high IQ guy. Um, and probably probably top five in, ter- in terms of versatility in the league, mm-hmm. you know, now that he's back healthy. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about probably the second best rookie or third best rookie. Third best rookie, because my man from Minnesota is a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And we all yeah. know, we ain't even talking about yeah. um, but. Wiseman's probably three or four mm-hmm. in, you know, in six, nine, six, ten, with a skill set that, you know, not many people have um, before he got injured. And um, Pascal from Villanova's tough. Yeah, um, And then, you know, Looney and those guys played key parts in those championship runs. Yeah. So they have enough. Oh, my. I'm not going to forget Andrew Wiggins. You can forget him. <laughs> you can for <laughs> sure forget him. I'm not going to forget Wiggins. I mean, we all know he's labeled as soft, but he has an NBA talent. Yes, for, for sure. sure. You know, we're talking about an NBA talent where he's, he's 18 to 20 points a game, even with being a little lethargic mm-hmm. in his play. He has the potential to be a guy that can be 24, 25 points a game.
1: People, people have one with less, basically. People have one with a, sure. lot <laughs> a lot less. A lot less. Sure. You got, you got Steph and Dre, I mean, you got a chance. Wait sorry. A and you coach of the year performingly, right? Yep. You've been that guy, so, yep. You know, you got to show me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll get back to that because that Curry is probably going to take us a, a good part of a, a episode. That might be 45 minutes just talking about that and breaking that down on its own, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, first of all, Mello. Uh, shout out to Mello. <laughs> Top 10 all-time in scoring. You know, 18 months, not in the league league say you done it said modern basketball is no good for you you are out you can't adjust your game is not here one of the best scores we've ever seen bounced back and now he's just made his way in the top 10 and probably to be
0: top nine top eight by the end of the season gangster yeah without sitting out those 18 months he could be even higher than that you know just why is he out 18 months everybody <laughs> asked Copycat league being run by guys with analytics. Yes, that's just bottom line. Yes, you know, old school game, mid range pull up game, ISO post game, ISO elbow area game. You know, um, two three dribble pull up game it doesn't really fit our style. It doesn't really fit the NBA. That's what these guys are saying. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's either a tray ball. Mm -hmm. or run to the rim and you know we all know that however you score is how you score yeah get it how you can get it and um he's he's one of the best to do it at his position and um you know those guys you know they started the they gave him the label that he doesn't fit you know today's nba and and no one gave him a chance and so you're talking about 30 teams passed up on him yeah. 18, you know, we're talking about with what he has done in the NBA, and he still had some gas left in the tank, out of the league for 18 months. Yeah. As I somebody should be fired.
1: Yeah. And you talk about people stealing money all the time. <laughs> they steal money all the time. But Melo, you know, but Melo gangster. That's a so you lethal. You can be out of the NBA come back in and you just got the same flow and everything adjusting and all that good stuff. But, um, this is something that, that, that irked me. You know, Kendrick Perkins said that Russ was better than Allen Iverson that Russ had a better career than Allen Iverson. Um, the answer, that's his name. The answer. I, I think, uh, you told me that Kobe and God bless Kobe and MJ said, we all lucky he wasn't 6'6". Six, six.
0: Yeah, that's, they, <laughs> they said it, you know. They, yeah. they'd be, and it, there's Trust me, there's a lot of other people in the league that said it, too. Um, you're talking about somebody being six foot, barely, 165 pounds, soaking wet, and people actually feared him. Yeah. Feared him, you know, playing in, the, in probably the roughest era of NBA basketball where There was no easy runs to the rim. There were no getting all the way to the basket and not getting touched, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because bigs back then, big guards, big threes, love to put wood on you. Mm -hmm. And um, AI, pause. (laughs) AI spent a lot of time getting up off the floor. Yes. You know, and, and thank God he was a all American high school football player that kind of prepared him for some of that, but still, what he the abuse he took and the amount of production he had coming out of that small frame um in a city that is is known for being very harsh to his athletes um if you don't play hard, you don't play with heart, you don't produce. They loved him, mm-hmm. embraced him. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, he, he d- never had a tab in that city. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I I'm, I'm, I know about that. <laughs> and um you know, he led a franchise without another superstar, without a current star on his team. You know, yeah. people are going to say Mutombo, but... Mutombo was why? Mutombo was old back then, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, he took those guys to the finals. Yeah. Again, to the finals. And won and stole a game. Stole a game. Against a Laker team that's arguably one of the
1: best ever. Yeah. Period. And like, you talk about Russ being able to play with KD, Harden twice, Paul George, and now Bradley Bill. This, dynamic guys, like, KD's one of the best ever, right? Harden will be up there too, top 20 or whatever else there is to be. like. And Bill is is paving his way now. Like, those are dynamic guys. Like, he, AI had to
0: carry an entire franchise yeah. by himself. Yeah. It's it's no comparison. You know, even go beyond um, KD and those guys. You talk about Cephalosha, one mm-hmm. of the top defensive guards in the league. You're talking about Ibaka back then. Yeah. You talk about Stephen Adams. Yeah, those guys are solid, mm-hmm. solid pros. That's that would start anywhere else, and um, <clears throat> just the amount of uh, the workload is just different. Different, it's just like different. It's different, different you know? in that and, space. And and um, Russ is we we talked about the other night. We talked about our top five athletic point guards of all time. Mm. He's in that mix, you know, because he's got great size and athleticism. But AI <laughs> is a two guard. Yeah. You know, we talk about the great two guards, MJ, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, those guys, George Gervin, those guys, we're talking about 6'6 six, six and up. AI is six foot, man. Six foot. Six foot. Six foot.
1: And what's, what's funny, too, when I think about um, AI and then I think about Russ, Russ, like Russ just had 24 assists, 21 rebounds and stuff, but Russ also, and I think DC fans are starting to learn this, too, because my, my guy is one. Russ makes some of the most bonehead plays. Like you talking about IQ, like I, Russ makes some plays that has everybody looking to the side both ways like, <laughs> do did he really just just do that?" Like, "Why is he taking that shot with Kevin Durant over there? <laughs> why is he doing that at this point in the game? Why is he making that pass?" Like, that's when you talk about the greatest of all time, when you get into that space. Certain things
0: you can't do if you want to be in that conversation. I, I said this from day one, and I'll continue to say as long as he plays. One of Russ's biggest problems is that he's really a two guard. Mm-hmm. So he gets caught in between getting somebody set up or getting a bucket because he can get to the rack whenever he wants. And so that's why he's had so many issues where people say it's it's, it's a it's just a complete bonehead play but it's him, his wiring is different. In actuality, I've, I've said this before, what if OKC would have said, you know what, Reggie Jackson, you run the one, Russ, you just run the two, KD you run the three. Mm-hmm. Or we if, might be talking about Russ in a different space. Or J- James Harden run the one, or like, you, like one. you're doing in Brooklyn. right? And let Kyrie run off the ball and yeah. let, man. It'd be, a, just think about it, just letting Russ don't worry about just get a bucket and play defense. Shh. He could, We could be talking about him being a top five two guard. And he could still get all these triple-double numbers in that sure. space. Right? Yep. Still, just just because It'd of be that. It'd be less play. turnovers,
1: though. Way less, because mm-hmm. you had a ball in your hand less to make those decisions. Yep. But, you know, that's interesting when people make that breakdown. I mean, they even talked about Russ being top two. Russ Scott Brooks said this. Top point guard of all time, only behind Magic Johnson. Mm. Yeah, and and you know how we take we take things like that personal because we got um, CP three love over here. We CP three fans.
0: So come on, man. It's you know, so disrespectful yeah. for yeah. you to say just, something like that. Just, just just look at the point guards, man. Like hey, we're talking about Magic, Zeke, Stockton. Stockton got a lot of assists. J Kid. We we talking? We Gary Payton CP three. I, um, my man, um, coozy, we talking mm-hmm. about pistol, we took, man, come on, man.
1: Yeah. That, of all time. True point guards. And, and CP3 is different. And when we talk about people that get disrespected between CP3 and, and Mellow, it's a different level of disrespect. Yeah. CP3, even to this day, is not getting the
0: love he has.
1: The Suns are number one in the West.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Number one in the West. Yeah. <laughs> wherever he goes, wherever he goes, he, they, they, they instantly win. At OKC last year? Yep. Instantly win. OKC right now is
1: one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yep. they just... I mean, man, CP3,
0: you the greatest. Yeah. People say, well, he's a little too harsh. He's a little too abrasive. He's a winner. Yeah, it works. <laughs> he's a winner. It works, yeah. you know? That's how that happens.
1: CP3 are always going to get love over here. But we'll keep CP3 because even... You know, talking about him, Braun, Mello, they're kind of defying what it looks like or redefining what it looks like to be aging in the league, right? They don't show any signs of slowing down, regressing, anything like that. They're still effective, highly effective. And I would attribute a lot of that to their basketball IQ, mm-hmm. right? And, and making adjustments and, you know, changing the way that they approach the game off the court. training-wise and all those other different type things, but you know, basketball IQ, right? Because we talk about it every few episodes, talk about it all day in training and everything else, but as a coach, when you look at a player with a high basketball
0: IQ, what does that do for their game? Well, you know, it only takes one or two trips down the floor for you to recognize the players on the court with high IQ, and those are the players that make the right play most of the time everybody's gonna make mistakes nobody's perfect but you're gonna you're gonna attempt even when you make a mistake the coach can see what you were trying to do um may it may not have worked out for you but you're trying to make the play and you're not always making the right play but you're you're making the next play ahead you're thinking ahead two plays ahead you know and so the thing is Knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are so you never put yourself in bad situations is one thing. Two, knowing your teammates, knowing who you play with, knowing who can catch what type of pass, knowing where mm-hmm. someone likes to get the ball in their sweet spots to make them successful. You know, knowing, knowing who's a gambler on defense and things like that. So, you know, you got to sag off your man and give him a little extra help. Knowing who's a little, maybe who's a little soft in the post, you know, knowing who is um, showing bad body language. And you say, you know what, I gotta get big fella to touch. You know, just certain things like that. Those are things that you accumulate by being a student of the game, being in the game for a long time and and and, and just picking up things as you go. And also some people are just natural born leaders. Yeah. You know, some, some things you can't explain, but um, basketball IQ can be a, a wide range of things. But for sure, as you get older, your basketball IQ can save you and preserve a few few extra years for sure.
1: Yes, I mean yeah. you talked about that spider web story, right? And even today, we watch you play, and I know I've seen you when you were really trying to get busy, right? And at least in in that uh, post career thing, but you
0: was still. sweat yeah. yeah. suit. Yeah, trying to get that's sure laugh at. Yeah. It. <laughs> and I and I
1: see you now too, and listening to the spider web story. Like you pick your spot so much better, right? Like, even within knowing your body, you be like, I can't give it that much now. I'm gonna do it a little bit later, or I'm gonna catch it off. I seen he's been hedging over here too hard. I'm gonna get him on a quick one here and there. But, like, watching that and then listen to the spiderweb story, like, I'm talking about being able to play until you're 50. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's all because of up top, right? And most people don't think that basketball is a game that you have to think. <laughs> right our kids learn this all this start learning it quickly yeah. when they get into the gym and they were like oh basketball is no problem it's easy we can do this and we're just teaching them gradually jump, stop dribble left hand right hand pivot pass and now when we're making them do it at a high speed with other people around and people trying to you know dictate their movement
0: they're like ah I'm frustrated yeah yeah. It's a different ball game. Yeah. Different ball game. You got to use your feet. You got to use your hands. You got to use everything in that combination. You got to use your, you got to be able to think. You got to be tough because it's a physical game. You got to be in shape. It's a lot. hmm It's a lot, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, that IQ, man, just, you, you know, you, I remember Steve Kerr and Draymond talking about LeBron um, going over a play that happened early in the game. You know two games prior and things like that you know that's just man that's just being a student of the game man yeah and and just picking up things and being comfortable and in, in the process of playing basketball and you can't mm-hmm. you can't manufacture that stuff and, and pass it on to every player you got to be willing to do that stuff you got to be able to you got to be willing to put your ego aside and talk to some older players and um even talk to the young players and pick up things from them mm-hmm. you know you see cp3's game if CP3 wasn't who he is now, we would think, we'd be like, yo, he could be rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And what's funny is, is
1: CP3 deciding to go to Phoenix alone is a high basketball IQ move, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about knowing the young guys. Who Phoenix got over there? Oh, they got D-Book. It's a dynamic two guard. He already averaged in 28. Playing with me, I can get him some easy an ones. Easy. He, now he can get an easy 28. <laughs> easy 21. Of, yeah. I know he already a dog a little bit, so I put him there. I don't got to worry. Oh, and he got a big, yeah. that's young and athletic. He just needs to be put together.
0: And I know what I bring. Like And number one, you know you have a player's coach. Coach, yes. You know, coach, coach, coach. I need Tuesday. Coach, I need Tuesday off. All right. You know, he, yeah. that, that coach understands that, you know. And so... um. It just it was. It was a bold move by him because he yeah. could have gone somewhere where it was um it was a layup to the playoffs, Yeah. Right. But he went somewhere that was a little challenging, and, right? And he's stepping up. Yeah, that's the IQ.
1: And when I think of IQ too, I think about like players being interchangeable, right? Like you always have those people that understand <clears throat> me, each play at each position. So if I'm playing a two guard to start the game, somebody gets some foul trouble. Like, you like, yeah, you got to move to the four. Yates, you got to do that. But allowing, giving coach that ammo to be able to do it because you know, look, you're paying attention to all three or four different things on the court. So now you also on the other end of the court, you're better defensively, right? Yeah. And you see those things translate off the court
0: as well. Yeah. Um. Should we get down to the real nitty gritty right now? Call it. No, I mean between us. Yeah, call what's it. What's going on? Because I'm losing my voice from a long day of screaming. <laughs> defense. I see you losing your voice a little bit. We a little we get fatigued. <laughs> why are we why are we so fatigued right now? I did I didn't press the record button. No, say that again. I didn't press the record. Say button. that one more time. I didn't press record. I one more again. Yeah, yeah. You I, didn't press record. I didn't. I didn't. And just so you guys know we were, we were we we're so far. we were so close, <laughs> so close to being done. No man. Yeah. Not that we don't like being here and talk. It's just that. Yeah. It's
1: already been a long <sighs> it's, day. It's been a long day. It was fun, but it ain't. We we here though. We knocking it out. We knocking it out. Shut up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I take it on the chin. I had some smoke for you too. I had some smoke you. I'm just gonna save it for next week and put it back in there. We ain't done yet though. But but that one was um. That one, uh, the high IQ thing is something that I noticed after our hoopstar shootout this week. <laughs> <laughs> Who?
0: How many? How many guys? Did you would you say in the shootout, in the older group, would have some form of high IQ, considering where they are right now? Zero. <laughs> right. Look, and it's not our fault, right? Because one of the things
1: that that helps with high IQ is being able to watch basketball. Like they only get to see basketball when they see us, right? And then the other twenty three hours of the day or whatever else in the week, they're just doing God knows what else, right? Because now it's like you just threw the basketball to your teammate who's standing in the middle of the floor with five defenders around them, <laughs> and you threw it to them, and you were like, "Did it? Did it stop? Did you think that man? Okay, what am I going to do right now?
0: Is this making any sense at all?" Hey. Hey, I know that feeling, man. I did the same thing as a freshman in college. Oh, I can hear a coach right now. What were you thinking? What was it, though? Was man. it the pressure, the speed of the game was different? No, just no IQ. Mm. None. I played basketball every single day, worked on my game. But when you don't know exactly what to work on all the time, you don't know. You don't have, we talked about this before, having a coach that, would have a vision for where you would be later on in your career mm-hmm. and have and allow you to work on some of those things outside of the team. Mm. You know, when I say work on your game outside of the team, when you're with your team, you work on things that help your team be successful. When you're outside of the team, you work on things to help you you grow as an individual player because you know, in high school I fluctuated from point guard shooting guard small forward to even center one year based on who you know graduated or what have you but didn't spend a lot of time on the basics of ball handling and and, and things making decisions and things like that it was just get a bucket
1: hmm. you know and so, so you was
0: russell westbrook yeah basically <laughs> basically just you had russ bounce though just, oh yeah i had bounce i had bounce, I had <laughs> yeah. bounce for sure yeah the sean Kent fade though <laughs> <laughs> You know, more like Big Daddy. Big Daddy had the box. You know what I'm saying? Did you have the Dookie chain? The Dookie no, rope? no. Come on, man. Come <laughs> on, man. I did. Wear lot, the, I yeah. did wear a lot of Paisley stuff <laughs> <laughs> on the bus, listening to Anita Baker. You know what on the <laughs> but, but you know, so you gotta <clears throat> you get, you gotta be able to, you know, know what you're working on. You know, our guys. You know, we can tell them to go do things, but if we don't specifically write it down, yeah, they don't. They don't know. Because they're not they're not in in the game of basketball every day. We get them twice a week. Yeah, you know. And and luckily for our kids, they do have an excuse. But
1: even back home, you know, I just got on the phone with one of my guys, um, and he talked about how you know he's my age, maybe you know, a year younger, and he was like, "Yo, these kids are gonna have me graying real soon. <laughs> Gray real soon, right?" Like just thinking, like part of it is because now this is the flip side. I'm going to sound crazy. Maybe they're watching too much, right? They're watching too much highlights, too much stuff, right? So now when they're going out to play, shooting long trade balls, trying to get a highlight, too much dribbling in one spot or whatever. So that's the flip side of watching too much and not watching enough, but all you need to be doing is watching what is good, what's important, watching the right thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe even having somebody around to, give you that you know maybe we need to start that call it king's court vision and we start you know breaking down like on some uh like your boy levar burton type reading rainbow thing (laughs) before basketball and giving it to where kids can learn through basketball watching the game but now watch it like we always say through a different eye because man you know
0: it's gonna drive you crazy yeah Yeah. it's funny you said watching too many highlights and then watching stuff and People, some people take that as a slight to Steph, but it's not Mm -mm. because what what Coach is saying is that kids will watch Steph and see how spectacular he is, and they see where he's shooting from, and he's got a quick trigger. But people don't really know how he got to that point. Yeah, people don't know all the work that he put in with his father, who was one of the all time great shooters, teaching him the right mechanics and putting him in situations where. This is how you're going to get better, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, Steph wasn't Steph wasn't running around at, you know, 11 years old hoisting up threes, you know, no, he was shooting selective shots, man, quality shots, you know, we got guys now eight, eight moves, nine moves before they take a shot. They didn't go anywhere, you know, that's that's bad basketball can't make a layup. Can't make a right. right, like you know, you
1: talk about finishing around the rim, right? That's that's important, right? right. You get into the teeth of the defense, you can do so much, right? You know, drawing fouls, you know, what I'm saying attention, so you can create open shots for other people. But right. you're not a threat down there because you can't finish because you don't work on it, right? Right, and that's another thing. I don't think people, young people watching understand that you do have to work on your finishes.
0: Yes, <laughs> well, and, and not not the spectacular Kyrie finishes, the basic fundamental finishes first. Off left leg, right mm-hmm. hand, off right leg, left hand. You gotta, You gotta work on that stuff first because there will be some point in time, no matter how many Kyrie-like moves you practice, there's gonna be some point in time in the game where you got to go back to the fundamentals. Always. Because everything starts from the fundamentals, regardless of who you're trying to imitate. It always comes back, always yep. comes full circle. Yep. <laughs> we said
1: it always comes full circle, no matter what. Somehow, someway, it always comes full circle. But um what I do know is is that something that we you know as coaches, even this next generation of basketball, we have to make sure that we <clears> still <throat> like, Spend more time learning basketball and watching basketball the correct way. Uh, course, watching entire games. Yeah, entire games, yeah. right? Yeah. Not just when it's like fun because somebody just dunked on somebody. Right. But, right. you know, like I just watched... Oh, man. I I saw Braun make a fire pass to Andre Drummond. Right? Andre Drummond in the paint. Talk about IQ, right? IQ knowing that if I'm tired, I remember one time we were playing in the um, summer at a, a backyard brawl in high school. You had us playing like 10 games in like <laughs> two days or something like that. And we were playing and it was a day where we had five games in one day. And it was like in the middle of the like, third game. and I had a fast break and I was going to go dunk it. And you were screaming at me, say, yo, don't dunk it, lay it up. You don't have the legs for that. And we got three more games, right? So it was brings me back, that's IQ. right? Right. Knowing, look, all right, you got to save some energy. So I'm watching this Laker game, a little highlight, Brian dump off a pass to Andre jump in the paint. He go up for a dunk and the ball just go over top of the rim. I'm like, man, this ain't, gonna. I ain't going to do it. I can't, I don't know. I'm, I'm watching. This is the same dude that got like rap videos out. Who? Andre Drummond, you know, what man? You should have seen when he was beefing with Joel and B. And you know, and B always used to kill him. But and B put up a video of uh, Andre Drummond doing a dougie. <laughs> yeah, look, look, it's yeah, Dre Drum. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it, oh. we ain't, don't play that in here, man. <laughs> don't play that. in here. That's what I'm saying. But I'm sorry, I, that just took me off because you know I'm a Laker guy. It hurt Dre my feelings. Drum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, look high iq players man. but let's talk uh we talk about respect we talk about chris paul and, and Melo. this is the og thing right talking about respect um but you and i one of the things that we always said is um you know sometimes we need to have more of those conversations as a community with each other older or younger right um just to, to clear up some things There's a lot of us out here trying to figure it out on our own refusing to listen Right. there are some people trying to tell and that's other people is that that's ignorant. they don't know any better right? right but respect respect for community this is not just a basketball thing this is just respect in general respect for yourself respect for your family um just have integrity respect for your community your community <laughs> and that's important respectful environment but what is you know from your og perspective from what from the, the years, countless years you have spent that you're gonna spend um nurturing and m- mentoring the youth, like what what do you give, what gym do you give your people when you have
0: to reiterate why respect is important and what it looks like? The, the thing that I've probably said over and over again to every to all the young people, um, boys and girls, you know. Respect yourself first. Mm-hmm. And and what I say by that is, you know, watch what you wear when you get ready to leave the house. You know, watch your high personal hygiene. Watch some of the things that come out of your mouth. Watch how you treat other people. Watch how you approach um, your day-to-day tasks. Watch, you know, how you interact with other people. Just watch how you maneuver through your day and how you want to be perceived because you know the thing is now everybody wants their own civil liberties and everything and they want to be their own individual but you don't understand that what you may do may have a positive or a negative effect on someone else and it's it's, you know it's, it's it starts to snowball it can be either good or bad and so i i try to tell everybody project a good image because that will be a a better reflection of who you really are. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm sitting down talking to you, whether you are labeled as a bad apple or a good kid, everybody's good inside. We just need some, we just need, they just need help bringing it out of them. And Mm -hmm. so I always talk about just don't be afraid to be yourself in terms of if you're having trouble with something, whether it's me or a, a peer or someone else that's in a, in a higher, a a different position that's a little older, whatever, don't be afraid to go talk to them and open up a little bit. But just remember that whether that person's in a good space in life, you know, um, you can always learn something, you know, be be open to listening to other people. Because, you know, kids nowadays have a little bit more than the generation before them, and that's how it's supposed to be. Like, I have more than my parents before me. And so you get to a space where as the old people say, you're smelling yourself. You you don't, you you know, nobody can tell you anything. Heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we can always learn something and and, you know, trust me, I'm 48 years old. I'm still learning stuff every day. You know, life is an ongoing, you know, educational process. And you know, we have kids that won't listen because they'll say, oh, look at you, you know, you're a janitor. Hmm. We don't know that janitor, he may not have a million dollars in the bank, but as gilly the kid said he may have a million dollars worth of game because he may teach you some things that will keep you from being in a position that you don't want to be and that's not to say that that janitor isn't in a good position that he is happy with
1: that's real you know that's Uh, real and he talk about and that leads you into your community right yes because you got to respect what's around you right because that environment that you're in That's what's gonna show you what the world is. That's your reflection of the world, and how you treat that Mm -hmm. is how the world's gonna eventually end up treating you, whether you get in the streets or wherever you, you know, become a a citizen that is in community service, however it is. But when it comes to respect, right, that's one of those values for me that is non-negotiable, right? Like I'm, you can, you know, attest to that if I'm lying, but I always let me you know, but I always um, make it a point to say that, you know, I value myself, right? So I will carry myself a particular way, right? But when it comes to anybody I'm interacting with, I'm never going to lie to them, right? I'll always be, be fair as I possibly can with things. And I'm going to stay true to my word as well, right? Now, for me, that's because that's what I would expect from somebody else, right? So whenever those things are lacking, because now at this point, like relationships, when I get, to, I think when I hit like 17, 18, and started to like, you know, understand life was outside of mom's house, you she gonna get out, I really started to figure out relationships were everything. Like, were everything, whether, whether it's was with my coaches, whether it's with the janitor at school, whether it was with the lunch lady, or, or with um, a teacher, my mom, anybody out, relationships with everything. Cause it was, I would get calls from somebody that I interacted with maybe three or four years ago. It happened just a couple of days ago and they were talking good about me to somebody else and that somebody else could potentially help me with something else that I never even asked for, Mm -hmm. right? And it was just the, the basic principle. One, what I learned from my OGs, right? Mom first, mom always gave me the foundation. Look, don't talk that way to nobody everybody is a person don't care what it is that they have or don't have everybody's a person you came on this earth the same you're gonna leave earth in the same way right with nothing right right? so treat everybody like they would be treated if you were family with them right so uh, that respect thing is important i feel like that's what's keeping us going too right like between us because you know we watch people we have to spend a lot of time together Right, a lot of time, whether we like it or not, we gotta spend a lot of time, and we don't always agree on anything. Right, and it's but you get to a space to where certain times, if you don't agree with somebody, sometimes you can't even tell them that without it being a real argument or something to where, like you know, they disagree, and it's like,
0: no, that's not gonna work. Yeah, you have that issue a lot. Come on, man. No, you do. I mean, I listen, you. I wouldn't spend a lot of time around with you if I didn't think you're a good person, but you have a hard time taking instruction. Uh, okay, I got. It. I have a hard time or you have a hard time? You do. You don't have a hard time? Yeah, because you know you're in a place where <laughs> you don't want anybody to tell you to, what to do. Uh, yeah. you don't How'd want- I get here to Dubai? <laughs> it's not hard to sell Dubai. Listen for, no, the, for those of you no, out there. No, somebody no. approaches you and says, "Hey, no. you know, there's a great opportunity, international opportunity." And we talk about we'll say, "There's one that's in Dubai, one that's in Guam." You're going to Dubai. You ain't, you're not even going to hesitate. Come on, man. I I have okay. Um,
1: instruct. Who leads the basketball camp? The basketball organization. Who leads it? Yeah, I do. All right, right. So who gives instructions to who? I do. All right. Well, how, how well are we doing right now? Well, right, right, right.
0: Yeah. Who, who but it's, a, it's a battle every day though. It's a battle. <laughs> well, we, you know, we're I, talking I, about this. I, I, I know about upset, how you, we're talking but, about how you receive information sometimes. Right? And instead of you saying sometimes like, okay, let's go. Sometimes like, but why? And I'm like, we're, in, listen, we're in the heat of the battle right now. I don't have time to sit here and explain it to you. Let's just do it, man. You should, you've, you should trust me enough now to just say, let me just do it. And then I, I look at how you kind of like um, deliver instructions down to Ethan. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like your tone sometimes <laughs> because you, t- I'm serious, you take, you take my positive energy and convert that to negative energy and don't throw me, it out no, Ethan sometimes, some man. on my name. Come on, you man. Y'all, me. When y'all saying my name. Put some respect. Ethan, don't be
1: don't be afraid Listen, to back me up. On I this I know I know that a lot of this backlash is because I didn't hit the record button. So I'm you know what I'm saying I'm gonna let them bust my chops for a little bit longer. Uh, but I'm, I'm but not this even is busting another, your chops. This is a, I'm just I'm just making is, a statement. This is just like when you tried to tell me last episode I wasn't I wasn't an OG because you thought I called myself an OG. No, I didn't. And I showed you the pictures. No, of being called it. I asked but, you a question. A young OG. Ask asked yeah. you a question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we got the playbacks, you know. I got the receipts though, right? I had the receipts that said that I didn't call myself that. There was, you know, pe- people calling me that, right? Sometimes people make mistakes. <laughs> I, I get it, I get it, you I know, get it. That's all. But we do want to, you know, we, we took a little turn there, but it is important for people to understand what that respect is, yeah. right? And the respect doesn't just come from you demanding it. Um, You know, Coach King, you know, he got our respect early when I met him. And it wasn't because he told me, oh, you're going to respect me. But it was through time that, you know, we knew he was a man of his word, um, through action. Um, when it came to basketball, we, we knew he had game, you know, and then over the years, as um, you know, as, as much of a pest he might've been for some of us, um, you know, he was always there. He was always there and he was always kicking it the same way. Um and you know, that's something that trickles down too. So your the way you respect yourself, um, as coach said, is gonna be the reflection of how the world is gonna take you too. So um cherish that and you know, make that something that's more important than what your next Instagram post is or whatever else is gonna be. Like yeah. really hone down on that because you know, your re- relationships are all that matter, right? Because yeah. it's the only thing people get to where they're gonna go with other people to respect that, but to, to wrap it up, we got to get into um, your, your thing, your hometown thing, your, your element, you know, um, historical, historical black colleges and universities, right? Um, you know, for some of our UAE listeners um, in the States, in the US, we have a, a set group of um, colleges and universities, that were created specifically to support African Americans in their um, ascension into academia and growing their education. You know, it was formed in results of segregation and those Jim Crow laws and those things to where we know black people weren't even allowed to go to school, let alone go to college as a higher education. But you know, uh, I believe was it, was Booker T? There's a Booker T in, in Washington and some of our greats, they galvanized and started to form schools um, around the world, not around the world, around the country to where African-Americans could go and study. And it wasn't just only African-Americans. If you were white and you wanted to go, you could. It was your choice. It opened to anybody. They opened to anybody, but this is one to where we were included. Um, over the years, it's lost its glamour um, academically, as so to speak funding has been down um it's not something as prestigious as people would say even though i think prestige is just a, a marketing term it doesn't really hold up any weight but um you know it's losing its luster but as of late you know like we've heard um uh maker one of the Thon's makers brothers uh, uh, went to howard you yeah. know he was a blue he was a top and you know, there was a five-star recruit went to howard university which was big for them Huge. Um, you know, you had the young guy Mikey, who's like maybe a sophomore in high school now, who said he was going to go to HBCU or at least consider one, and then you had Masterpiece son committing to Tennessee Tennessee State University. Um, we'll give a round of applause <laughs> for that, and then also Shaquille O'Neal son who just committed to um, Texas Southern. So you being a product of you know you actually had experience with both the PWI and the HBCU, um, you know. Where is, where, what was the allure to HBCU like during that time? You know, I'm not talking Uncle Luke and <laughs> but what was the allure like, you know, um, like that different world TV show type of energy. you know, like that, that ground. What was the allure like? And then where do you think it's lacking now? Where should it go?
0: The the allure for me to, to go to Coppin State um, in Baltimore, Maryland was, one for me to have an opportunity to to be in a family-like atmosphere with with people that look like me. Um, not to say that there weren't African Americans at Temple University, because there's a lot, but I wanted to get I wanted to get so get back to the African American experience. And the HPCUs, um, no matter what people say about them losing their luster and things like that, but it's it's a family like atmosphere, it's close knit because they're you know they're small in pop- student population, and you know that's something I wanted to you know I wanted to experience man and you know and I, I thought what would be better than me graduating from HBCU and then having the opportunity to go back and 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 help the school and help my community and um you know it's just it was a s- sense of self pride you know because once before you know. Generations before, when you graduated from HBCU, it was it was a it was a really really big deal. Not just because you're graduating from college, but because you're graduating from an African American institution and um, that's primarily ran and operated by African Americans. And so, you know, what bigger sense of pride than you know than having that you know in the United States, where we all know it's a great country, one of the greatest countries in the world, but we all know that it has this you know problem stemming from racism and things like that. And so you know, this was an opportunity for you to, you know, um, level the playing field, but do it your way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was one of the reasons I, I wanted to go there. You yeah. know, what was, like amongst your peers, um,
1: what was that talk like? Um, you know, even if they were from North Carolina AT mm-hmm. or um or Tuskegee or um, Cheney or whatever other ones that you went to, like, what was that like as a whole? Like, was that like HBCU family too? Because, you know, everybody talks about the CIAA tournament right, and yeah. all those different type things, yeah. but, you know, is that like a family within the family as well?
0: Yeah. I, you know, <clears throat> anytime we were on the court, um, you know, we were rivals, mm-hmm. you know, but off the court, it, it didn't matter if you went to Morgan State, I went to Coppin State, you went to Maryland Eastern Shore, you went to Howard, you went to FAMU, um, you know, we were all, all friends, mm-hmm. all family, you know, and that's just... We all knew that we were up against something that was mightier than all of us individually, but together we could conquer it. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just getting a quality education in in a system that is, you know, that was designed to keep us at a certain level. And we all knew that, regardless of what school we went to, we had to push each other. You know, so you know, we, I give an example. You know, it didn't matter if your school was the MEAC champion. And you're going to the NCAA tournament. We all rooted for you, right? You know, it's just because you were representing us. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, you guys made it. We all made it, right? It's a time now to where talk about equity, people building value, um, people
1: getting a fair share. So, I mean, majority of basketball, football, too, African American, mm-hmm. right? our, our, the league stars are us. How do we balance that playing field? Like how does HBC, how do HBCUs, if they can compete? Like what needs to happen for HBCUs to get that mm-hmm. top tier talent on the court and off the court? Like, is there something within the structure that's off that you know of, or in, in a, that could change and shift
0: things gradually going forward? Yeah. Well, one of the <clears throat> the main problems that I, observed and and experienced was that too often, and this happens in every culture, don't get me wrong, but too often when someone gets in a in a high position in certain schools, they tend to think that one, I'm okay now. I'm cool. I'm good. You know, my work is done. I'm here. That's it. And they, tar- they, they tend to forget the hard work that they needed to do to get there. And they f- they tend to forget that there are many others behind you trying to get where you are. So you need to set the example for them to, to continue to lead the way. Second thing, a lot of times people would say, this is just a stepping stone for me. Mm. I wanna to go to Clemson bigger university bright lights more money more prestige so they're always looking Mm -hmm, at the other house yeah you know the grass is greener over there Mm -hmm. you know instead of realizing that while i'm here let me make this the best that i can make it you know Mm -hmm. and and then moving on if i have the opportunity but you know it's it's hard because there's so many different pressures that everybody goes through that makes them react differently you know, and um, you know, I just a friend of mine, we were talking recently, um one of my former college coaches, good friend of mine, was just recently released from a school, HBCU. Mm-hmm. And we think it was almost with no merit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a regime change at the top. And so they just made sweeping moves and you know, and and made changes. And so my thing is that in order to progress the entire school, you got to have some stability. Mm -hmm. If there's, if there's constant change, it's going to be tough for people in those authoritative positions to thrive because you, everything changes from day to day. And so I just think that for the HBCUs, we have to find people that don't mind seeing themselves at one university at a particular level for many, many years mm-hmm. in order to build a foundation to keep the school going forward. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just the number one thing. Yeah, well, that's big. Cause there's everything else that's there, right? Yeah. There's the lore that, you know, it's gonna be fun. Yeah,
1: That energy on campus is unmatched. You know, some people, I think I even watched Chris Weber um, and interview with all the smoke. And he talked about when he went to, I mean, to Michigan, or Michigan state, one of those visits, He went to HBCUs that were around there and was partying. I can go here and still get my fix there. So there's a lot of allure there, but foundation is big on everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like no matter what you're putting together, if there's there's a crack in the foundation, it's going to fall eventually somehow, some way. So, you know, you got to put that together. Do you think there's room for it though? Do you think that it's
0: going to happen in the next 10 years? Is it going to elevate? I, I honestly, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. and the reason I say this is because, you know, we talked about getting the right people, you know. Um, the HBCUs also have to understand the people in those positions, like myself or older, have to understand we need people like you mm-hmm. sitting in certain positions as well, helping us make those decisions to move the university 10 years forward because we're stuck in our old ways as well. We don't know what we don't know. Bridge the gap. Yeah. You know, that, and that's, <laughs> you know, you see too many, you see too many HBCUs still doing the same thing they did 20 years ago. Right. Things change. Yeah. Times change, kids change, curriculum changes, you know, and so you got to be progressive and um, you can do those things without having tons of money. You yeah. just have to be creative. You have to be, you, you have to have the work ethic in terms of being a hustler to get it done. Yeah. You know, because it's not just about you.
1: And you've talked about that plenty of times, adjustments. Yep. Right? You know, that basketball is the greatest metaphor for life, right? We're talking about how to make sure HBCUs grow, evolve, sustain, and continue to nurture our youth and give our young black men and women something to be proud of, right? Something to poke their chest out about. Yep. You got to make adjustments like the rest of the world has, right? right? So, um, you know it's going to be interesting to watch the growth of that these next five, six years or so. I don't think this will be the last time we'll have to bring up HBCUs, especially because I, I know, I yeah, that. and I and I know you got a couple of stories in to talk about some <laughs> your experience at Copper State that we'll get to because right. you know story time with King is always a must see. But um, you know this is going on hour two for us <laughs> again. I got to chalk that one up to me but another great episode um you guys know how we wrap it up always the post game wrap up um, before that remember if you're in the uae um, check in with us tap in hit us up hoop mountain dxb on instagram Hoop mountain.ae online hoop star shootout you know our second one part two the footage of those things will be out if they aren't already uh, don't miss out on another one as we grow, we're only gonna get bigger. Um, Shout out to Mo's Burgers, big time sponsor, my friend, our peer basketball guy who may be on the pod soon for for giving us the opportunity to partner and um, giving our young hoop stars who stood out a new reward. Mm -hmm. um, Best burgers and shakes in Dubai by far, so much more to come. Um, So shout out to Mo's Burgers as well. But post game wrap up, Mine is easy. Players mess up. (laughs) Players mess up. It happens. Just keep going. you know what I'm saying? Own up to it. Be accountable. Wash
0: your hands with it. Get creative. Keep it moving. Mm, I like that. I like that. You've inspired me for mine. (laughs) You've inspired me for my wrap up, which is preparation is key. Preparation is key. You know, think about the things that you want to do. You know, you got to visualize them. Right. Right. You know, which we which we've done a great job because you know? this this was a vision, yeah, a year and a yeah, half ago. Yeah. You got but you got to do the little things, the little minute things that yeah. that add up to your vision. Which you know, one of those things would be getting a chance to put all of your thoughts on paper. And have a mm-hmm. checklist every time that you're you're supposed to execute something. Mm. So that way you don't waste valuable time yeah. and resources yeah. doing the same thing over and over again when you could have taken care of it the first time. Yeah, You know, accidents happen, things happen. But remember everybody, checklists, key to preparation. And on that <laughs> and note, push the button.
1: And on that note good night, good morning, good afternoon. (laughs) Keep it real. Keep it simple. Keep going.